just got to work at the airport. This could be a long one. Uh, Berkshire Hathaway, Sunday morning. We are expecting to get a lot of Boeing 757s today. And it is the one weekend of the year where we get them. Uh, I'll keep you guys posted. Supposedly a bunch of the big wigs are supposed to be coming in today. It's going to be interesting. There are a lot of big planes here. Um, there's this one plane that we have on one of the gates. Uh, it's a Boeing 757 already. It's the originator. And it has a thing on the front nose of it. And it says, uh, the spirit of freedom. So I thought that's pretty cool. Haven't seen that yet. Hi, uh, I am joined by my friend here. Uh, how do you, how would you like to be known as? Just by your first name? Yeah, just first name works. Felix. Uh, Felix is a employee at the airport here, and she also. Did you work any of Berkshire? Did you do Sunday, or did you have Sunday off? Just Sunday. Just Sunday. I did Saturday, but there wasn't like a lot of traffic. Like, Saturday's the big day. That's when you actually get to meet Warren Buffett. So a lot of people don't leave on Saturday. Yeah, because Saturday was like a normal schedule. I actually worked for someone else on Saturday. Um, what did, what was some of the uh, thing you you were at the shareholder meeting, right? Like the the convention center. I did. I went to the shareholder meeting part of the uh, on Friday. So everything that was done Friday, I did not go to Borsheim's or the actual meet Warren Buffett. I've met him before. He's not that great. I don't need to meet him again. Really? I think he's rude. I don't like him. Well, he's, um... I heard a lot of people say that they actually did like him, but, you know. Yeah. I don't know. Whenever he would just fly in with the corporate jets, he would never talk to anyone. You would ask if you could get his bags for him. You know, it's it's not because I'm begging for a tip. It's my job to load the plane him mm -hmm. and you know do his catering and stuff and he just kind of a real dick about it did you actually do did you actually um what was the uh, servicing uh private jets like during uh berkshire when you were working on that side of the airfield it is the busiest time in the world everyone freaks out about you know the airlines with berkshire and that's absolutely nothing compared to the private jets um you have a departure or arrival probably every 30 minutes or faster on Friday. And then same with Sunday, everyone's trying to leave. But with the private jets, you know, you do everything. You marshal them in, you take the baggage off of it, you uh, ask the passenger where they'd like to go. And then after you call the hotel van for them, you got to do with the pilots. You know, what do the pilots want to do? you got to move the plane off of the main area so they can park more planes. Then you got to fuel it, service the lab, it's just, it's really busy. It'll go eight hours, and then you won't even realize it's eight hours, and you're like, oh shit, I haven't eaten yet. Is it? <laughs> it the, you don't get a break? Um, it's usually too busy, I mean, you're well, it's not really a... Well, is it like a staffing issue, or is it like a management um, issue? It's a bit of both, because it's so busy. They fly in other people from other cities to help, but it's like, you know, if you need to take a five-minute break to quickly eat something, that's fine, but on that, those days, they kind of don't like you sitting around for, you know, really long doing nothing. Five minutes? Well, five minutes to eat. It takes two and a half out. minutes to cook a can of ravioli. Well, they cater in food. 
Oh, yeah. oh that's nice. For the private jets, uh, food is catered for the employees, so that was really nice. And so it's like back-to-back. How many crews on the private side of the field are working in tandem? Like aircraft crews or something else? No, like, yeah, like the, for the company that you were working for. Probably upwards of, man, I don't know, I would almost say uh, 200 crews, maybe. Yeah. On the private side of the airfield? Yeah, because, you know, oh each God. plane has their crew. So whenever you're doing a uh, a plane, you know, that entirety plane has their own crew. So yeah, it was a lot of a lot of crews to do with a lot of... They just hire extra people to help fuel jets and... Well, they don't even hire them. They fly them in from, like, Kansas and O'Hare, Denver, usually. Did you make a lot of tips? Well, here's the shitty part about it, is we're supposed to all put our tips in, like, the center. We always called it the kitty, if you would do, and then, you know, divide it evenly in between shifts, but a lot of the out-of-towners would, they would rush to do the van runs to hotels and shit, because that's usually when the crew's tipped, because, you know, they're not going to go over to the person cleaning the shitter and tip them. They're going to go to the person with nice, clean hands, giving them a ride to their hotel, saying, hey, share this later, and a lot of the out-of-towners don't. I've, honestly, when I worked at Berkshire, I made less money that weekend than I normally did, because no one would put it in the center pool, you know, to split evenly. So we weren't really overly fond of the out-of-towners because they were kind of dicks. Do you have any funny stories? Like, did you, or personalities that you... All the crews were pretty sweet. I think the best one I ever saw is uh, I was grabbing a pilot's bags for him out of their uh, the cargo bin. And I just commented on how heavy it is. And he's like, yeah, I got a sack of, sack of potatoes in there. And it was just kind of stare at him. I didn't ask him to prove it or anything, but he literally opened it up grabbed a, like, you know, the standard five-pound bag of potatoes you'd buy at Walmart or something, Mm -hmm. and grabbed it out, took it out of the bag, and then carried that in his arms, and then took his suitcase, and just like, what the actual fuck did I just witness? He had a whole bag of potatoes in his carry-on. That was so weird. Um, (laughs) That's that's the one that stands out, because I was just like, like, wow, okay, this is... How heavy was it? Did you have to hold it? No, I, I he brought it. He brought a the thing in the cabin with him. Uh, in his carry on, yeah, or like a carry on size bag. But it was like it was really heavy. And at that time, you know, I was you know super buff from lifting those heavy fuel hoses above my head and everything. So it's it's not like you know I was just starting and my muscles weren't used to it. I was pretty well in and used to everything. And so that was that was a heavy bag. One of my friends works for a hotel downtown, and she. Uh, she said that she actually, uh, she does a delivery within the hotel. Someone had ordered wine, so she actually carried it up to their room, and Bill Gates answered the door. Nice. I don't know if she got tipped. Um, and I bet you if she did, she wouldn't tell me how much, because I know where she lives. <laughs> yeah. Bust but, in and take the tip. But she, he had to sign for it, because it was a, you know, it was a paid service. It was like, Make sure that this gets to the right person, you know? So, there was that authentication. I was like, oh, wow. She actually <laughs> delivered it to Bill Gates this morning. Yeah, he's not usually here this late. Uh, Kimmy. Kimmy, uh. Huh, okay. Yeah, I was going to say, he's like, he's morning yeah. shit. Yeah, the, he's long gone before I'm ever here. The radio's been uh, a lot quieter today. I was going to say, it's a lot quieter. Cat's not here. That too. I never hear Cat on the radio. Oh, she doesn't complain on the radio. Unfortunately. Damn it, AJ? Can you please? Okay, thank you.
What was it? What was it like inside the convention center? Did you get it's, anything? Uh, yeah, I buy a lot of stuff usually because the discounts are great. On um, inside the convention center, it's probably like any other standard convention center. You know, there's booths of, and it's all Berkshire, whatever he owns. And then uh, Dairy Queen's the only one. They have a booth, and then they're sporadically around the convention center because mm-hmm. they're selling dilly bars and. Uh, Blizzards for, uh, then all the donations go to some charity of choice. I forgot what it was this year. It wasn't the American Cancer Society. But, like, he owns, uh, Heinz Ketchup, so there's, like, you know, you could get Berkshire Ketchup, which the label has him and Charlie Munn's face on it. The, uh... Wait, Buffett owns Heinz Ketchup? Yep, and Dairy Queen, and Geico Insurance. What? I know yeah. about Dairy Queen. How much were the Dilly Bars? One dollar. Really? Yep. I love those. Shit. I should have gone to Berkshire. Ask him if I could hold pay, hold off my uh, Geico payment for a month. Yeah. And Seriously. He also owns Oscar Mayer, so the Wienermobile was in there. I don't know. A lot of it, you know, like has his face on it. Like the Borsheim's jewelry has Berkshire 2018 on them. The NetJet hats, they fly. Uh, it's a cabin of an aircraft they have in there that you can tour. They have a boat. It's like a pontoon boat, but it has three instead of two. They have that in there. Last year was pretty great because there was a uh, a chick rubbing uh, her guy down, butt through his pants. And uh, this year we weren't allowed to sit on the boat, I'm guessing, because last year the boat got interesting, especially with all those people there. <laughs> that was the best part of last year. <laughs> was that? I'll have to find it. I put the video of it on my computer somewhere. It's not on my new phone, but I still got it. It's just, you know, it's just a lot of boosts of, like, everything he owns, and they talk about it in... Uh, or you can get discount stuff like Nebraska Furniture Mart. A lot of the Bose headsets were 50 to $70 off. So I bought a pair of running ones. Um, they have beds in there with Nebraska Furniture Mart. Mm-hmm. Pampered um, Chef is just random stuff. And then Fruit of the Loom, you know, they have the official Berkshire. Are you serious? He owns that company? Yeah. They have the official Berkshire shirts, boxers, bras, underwear. And it's all for really cheap because it's, you know, it's... Berkshire, gotta give your rich people a break for flying all the way from Japan here, right? Oh yeah, and some RV companies, RVs you can walk through too. But yeah, it's, it's Is just, it Airstream? That ring a bell? I don't remember at all. It doesn't ring a bell, so. But they're really nice uh, RVs with uh, full amenities, everything like like actual so beds and couches and stuff. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> That's going Excuse in. me, my goodness. Why do you think a lot of people go to it? Uh, is, it is it just to get just to talk, see Bernie and talk? Or God, Warren Buffett. <laughs> God, I keep saying okay. Um, backstory. You you remember Lauren, right? She works for the 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 city of uh, the Chamber of Commerce in Omaha. Okay, Lauren, no. you remember her? No. Yeah. She's been to a few game nights. Oh, okay. She's my sister. Is that the pregnant one? Yeah, or well, she used to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess it'd be better if she was still pregnant. <laughs> yeah. She works for the Chamber of Commerce, and, she, you know, one of the things that she's supposed to do is get people to come to the city and figure out new ways to bring people to the city. Mm-hmm. And, uh... Can you... Thank you. Um... 
it was it was annoying that whatever that radio thing was. Um, which one? One that Jim. I'm sorry. I always point at Jim. I should have known better. Um, one of the one of the things she has to do is try and figure out ways to get people to, you know, get people to stay in Omaha. So she, uh, one of the things that they can't, her team came up with are Warren Buffett masks. Like it's so it's a it's a like a posterization like artsy depiction of Warren Buffett's face. Like a caricature. Yeah, a caricature of Warren Buffett's face, and then you hold it. It's glued to a popsicle stick, and you hold the thing in front of your face. I actually have one in my car, and gave uh, Dave and I one each. And so when Dave and I went geocaching uh, with Lauren, and she gave them to us, and I can't remember who said it. I can't remember if it was Lauren or if it was Dave or it was me. One of us confused. I think it was Lauren. I think she said Bernie Sanders by accident. And she was like, here's a Bernie Sanders mask. And I was like, and and then I just had a, what the fuck? And then, so ever since then, Ever since then, I've always confused Bernie Sanders with Warren Buffett. So it's like, uh, that's fucking crazy. I can't get that out of my head. So I just said Bernie Sanders. Well, I was planning on doing, like, a lot of stuff, like, this weekend, like, talking to, to some more people about, like, maybe, like, funny stories that, that had occurred around the mayhem of Berkshire Weekend. Not from, like, people that are shareholders, but, like, people that work in different industries have to service all those people. Like, you know, the airport, restaurants, hotels, be like, get, like, a blue-collar perspective, I guess, of what the fuck is going on. And one good story that's not mine is I got it from the TSA guy. We were on the employee bus together, but he was talking about how one guy went through with a bottle of wine and... You know, you can't take wine through TSA. You got to put it in your checked bag. And he's like, "Well, you should know who I am. You got to know who I am. I have stock." And I was making a big deal about it and how he didn't want to let go of his bottle of wine. And TSA goes, "He goes, I couldn't say it, so otherwise I get fired." But he goes, "I really wanted to say, if you're anyone important, you'd be on the other side of the airfield with the private jets." <laughs> I was just like, "That would be so good and so true. If you're really worth anything, you're not flying to you know to Berkshire and and." American or Delta or something like that, you know, you have your own plane and you're like, I'm going to go to Berkshire. Scott Pruitt, he's a chairman of the EPA right now. Supposedly, supposedly, I wasn't there when it happened. He tried to get onto the ramp and into the secured area in his car. And he wanted to board one of the commercial jets ramp side, just like he would with a private jet. And then we were like, no, you have to go through security. And I was like, I'm the head of the EPA. It's like, and you have to go through security. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this is a matter of fact. It's like. Airlines don't care who you are. No. Go through security. It's like, you would think someone like that would have a private jet anyway. But I heard he's been like getting in trouble for like using a lot of taxpayer dollars. Like a lot of taxpayer dollars when he shouldn't be. Well, I've pri- just heard that. Private jets are expensive to operate. 
Yeah. The uh, Citation Excel is $3,000 every hour, and that's... Wait, $3,000? What's that mean? It costs $3,000 an hour to operate. A private jet? Well, specifically the Citation Excel. What... Oh, is that a... What, what is that, a specific jet? Yeah, that's, uh, that's the name of a specific jet vice, uh, Cessna Citation. The, uh, the XL. It's 3,000 a flight hour to operate. The XLS, which is newer, is obviously going to be better and more efficient, but the standard XL is 3,000 an hour. No, it's mentioned first. So, gotta use those taxpayers' benefits, right? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I heard he wasn't oh, happy with the gun security, but it's like... I, but you're like number five. Fix, you know? I wouldn't be either. Alright, well that's, uh... That's that it for that. You. This is getting awkward. So I just, um, I am here at FedEx right now. I am finishing up this project that I mentioned in my last upload, my last podcast episode. And, uh,. I just wanted to talk about a few things. Uh, one, I was going to make this episode, like, be, like, super special. You know, talk about Berkshire Hathaway and shit like that, you know. What, um, Berkshire Hathaway is like for all of us that work blue-collar jobs. You know, people that work on the, at the airport, people that work at the, uh, hotels different businesses downtown in Omaha. You know, what is Berkshire like for those of us that see it through a, through a fishbowl? And, um, I'm just, I'm, too, I'm exhausted. Not really, I've been working on this for the last couple of days, I am finally at the very end of it. The, the realization of the concept, the physical product. And I'll tell you what, I am so excited to get this done. Not because I want it to be over with, but because I fucking made something. I made something, you know, like this podcast. It's an ongoing project. It's not something that you can ever really complete fully, I suppose. But this is a... It's nice to have something... Oh, I cut that a little too close. Damn it. Well, this is uh, not the one that I'm going to give away, so that's fine. Um... This is something tangible, and it's nice to have something tangible in your hands. Uh, this is something I've been wanting to do for a very long time. And I can't reveal any more for... without running the risk of the person I'm treating to it discovering what it is I'm doing. I doubt he listens to this, but he might. Here's the reason for me even hitting record, doing this 
at FedEx. Nice. Um, I am making minimum wage. Now, if you look at the paycheck, technically, no, it's not minimum wage. But it's enough that I can't get benefits off of it. I don't like looking for handouts, so I wouldn't go looking for benefits anyway. I do sometimes have to ask for handouts, but I shouldn't have to. I shouldn't have to because a job such as mine, where you work around multi-million dollar aircraft, day in and out, around engines, loud noise, and you are persistently having to consider what's going on around you, including the risk of suction and jet blast. And I get paid shit. Now, Colin, why don't you go work for someone else? Uh, considering that my company is the lowest paying, well, not the lowest, like the second lowest paying company, and has the same number of inbound and outbound flights per day as the highest paying company at the same airport, why don't you just work for them? few reasons. One, I am trying to get a job in Minneapolis. This job in Minneapolis is run by a different company, but is owned by the same company that owns the company that I work for. So I figure staying with the company that I currently work for is a good idea. Because I can use that to leverage and say, I can use that as leverage and say, hey, I'm loyal to this brand and I want to see it prosper. This is evidenced by the fact that I haven't left. Second, I like the people that I work with. Most of them. That's true for any place. And seniority. I would be starting over. Now, one of my former co-workers, we'll call him, we'll call him, uh, we'll call him Jughead, because I can't remember what his Twitch username was. Jughead uh, switched from working at my company to a competing company, a competing airline. Now, he works for a contractor of that competing airline, just like I work for a contractor of the airline I service flies for. He regrets leaving and going to this other company. They, they pay more, but because he's full-time, it's really hard for him to sh trade a shift away. Because... The people that work at his company are all sort of like, you know, in their college years, partiers, and they won't do a full-time shift unless they come out on top. 
you know, they call it a trade up. And if they're not trading up the shift, then they won't do it. Even though what they want usually is they want, oh, yeah, I'll cover the shift for you if you pay me an additional $50 to do it, or an ad additional 20 or an additional sum of money, which makes no sense because you're earning money by covering the shift anyway. You know, the idea of a shift trade is to be paying, doing a favor, not to be profiting. Now, if the company I work for, they don't allow that. And if they find out you're doing it, they will can you. Now, I'm personally, I was, at first I was upset. I was like, it's my money. I'll do what I want with my money. If I decide I want to buy him a lunch, I'll buy him a lunch. If I really need to get somewhere, if I like, if I really need the day off because I need to get a colonoscopy or go to Reno to visit my boyfriend who is visiting and all my other friends are going to be there too, or say I need to stay at my mother's bedside because for some reason she got more super glue in her eye, then an incentive helps, but I can't. I can't say that and have management know that I offered that. It's against policy, it's against rules, and they, that's not cool. But now after hearing Jughead's, you know, the reason why he does not like it there is because of the difficulty of trying to trade a shift away because they want more money. Yeah, I kind of get it. I shouldn't have to pay someone to get my shift covered. Doesn't make any sense. That actually puts me way worse. You know, that make, puts me in a way worse financial position than I was before. So, I should not be paying, be being paid minimum wage jobs to do the stuff that I do. Because I am looking out for the lives of the people I work with, I'm looking out for my own life, and I'm working, I'm looking out for the lives of the people that choose my airline and my company over others. Because if I fuck up, people can die, which is, like, not good. That was a good cut. It's just very aggravating. And so now I'm moving into a new place. I just got one of my former co-workers who moved to Minneapolis to this company. That, they moved to Minneapolis, and I'm they're, they're sort of like my foot in the door to this new company I'm trying to get applied to. They just asked me if I was looking for a house, because they have a house in Omaha that they don't live at anymore, and they're renting it out. And they said, oh, well, rent's four seventy-five a month plus half the electricity bill. I was like, well, shit, if I wasn't moving into a house tomorrow, you know, maybe, but I can't afford 475 a month plus half of the electricity bill. That's out of my budget. You know, you used to work here too. I don't know how you could afford that. I couldn't. Oh, that's right. You had to hold a second job. I shouldn't have to hold two jobs just to fucking pay rent. 
and buy food and have car insurance and own a car. Because in Omaha, well, everything's spread out and the public transit is not great. You kind of need a vehicle to hold any job worth keeping. And that's a generalization. There's lots of jobs that are worth keeping for different reasons that apply to everybody. They have Everybody has their own reasons for keeping a job. But, I'll tell you what. Oh, and the, the last reason that I want to keep the current job that I have is because it allows me to go see my boyfriend um, without having to pay for plane tickets every time. And I'm hoping by getting this new job, my boyfriend won't have to buy plane tickets to come see me either. We can come visit, we can come visit each other as much as we want and not have to worry about buying plane tickets to do it. Wait, that couldn't have been it. Did I just cut all the cards? I just cut all the cards. Damn, that was really fast. So, this weekend I, well, I'm gonna have to move. I have to pack all my shit, and then I have to move. And then, on Friday, I have to take the first flight out to go to Reno to hang out with my boyfriend and all of my friends who are going there. And I will have fun. And I, hopefully I can fit some Uber Eats in between now and Friday because rent is going to take a chunk out of my uh, out of my bank account. And then I also have to pay for my Geico insurance, which, you know, maybe I should have went to Berkshire uh, Hathaway shareholder meeting to talk to Buffett and say, hey, can you float me uh, this, this month's insurance? Because I'm really trying to, you know, go see my loved one. But, fuck it. I'm going to enjoy this weekend and live it the best I can.